welcome to this episode of ClearedCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello and welcome. I'm Jill Hamilton, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Today, we're going to be chatting with Roger Finley from Frontier Technology. He's going to be talking with us about job opportunities in Colorado Springs, Space Force, and retiring from the military. Roger, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, thanks, Jill. Thanks for having me. appreciate the time. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you came to Frontier Technologies? What did you do before then? Anything you're working on now? What does that look like? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we have a great re- recruiting team at Frontier Technology, or I'll just call it FTI for short for now. And one of our corporate recruiters named Brandon Kelly actually found my resume on clearance jobs of all places. And so what he was looking for was a skill set of a program manager that has experience working at Space and Missile System Center, which is SMC, and it's located in El Segundo, part of California. And so he was looking for somebody that not only had SMC space experience, but also someone who has done IT programs because they're recruiting for a program called Enterprise Ground Services, or EGS, which is a U.S. Space Force program that is exclusively run with the intent of being a software agile program. And so, you know, he found my resume. I had worked previous programs at SMC. I worked on the Atlas rocket. I worked on some classified satellite builds at SMC and have since relocated to Colorado Springs, where you find a lot of the space operation bases. And so I also had some software background uh, working on various software programs. And so I met the requirement of what they're looking for, interviewed for the job two years ago, and have been supporting the program ever since. That's great. I love the uh, story of finding your resume out on clearance jobs and piecing together all the different necessary components for the program. That's really great. So you said you're in Colorado Springs. Can you talk to us about just different opportunities that are there? Of course, we all have our areas that we love, right? (laughs) But what makes this a great location to live in, work in for clear talent, maybe checking out the area? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. So like I said previously, Colorado Springs is home of a lot of the space operation bases, as well as other DOD bases. And this is information I, I Googled. So you know, don't hold me to it, but when I throw out numbers, I want to at least try to back it up. And it's not just my opinion. But what I've what I found is Colorado Springs in the five different bases here employ over sixty thousand people. So not only do you have Schriever Air Force Base, uh, just east of town, which employs a lot of the space professionals and we do a lot of space operations. You also have Peterson Air Force Base, uh, Cheyenne Mountain. And then there's a huge army base here, Fort Carson, as well as the Air Force Academy. And so combining all those bases, they employ about 60,000 people. So there's a lot of work here. And then obviously, if you're going to be working with the government, there is that expectation that you do have a clearance. And so that provides a lot of opportunities for people that do have security clearances. And then Just specifically about Colorado Springs, if you like being outside, there's a lot to do here. A lot of hiking, a lot of biking. We do get all four seasons, but the the winters are, I would say, relatively mild. Um, I was stationed in North Dakota twice, and so it's a little bit colder. 
in places like North Dakota. And while we have winter, it's still, you know, somewhat mild where you can go out and do things. The other thing about Colorado Springs is it's just south of Denver. We're a big city that has a small fill. So the population here is about 500,000, roughly. The the metro population is about 675,000. We're within an hour of Denver. So, you know, if you want pro sports, some of the the other major entertainment venues, uh, all of that is within close proximity to Colorado Springs. We're also home of the United States Olympic Training Center. And so we are up a little bit. We're on a high plateau. Colorado Springs is above 6,300 feet. And just to our west, we have Pikes Peak, which is over 14,000 feet. So just a really beautiful place to work and live. Now, so true. I love the perspectives, everything, right? You know, if you live in uh, North Dakota, winters seem mild. You know, if you're coming from Hawaii, maybe not, not so much. But it's it's great that you get all the different seasons there as well. Plus, just to have such a big base for cleared talent to be able to find jobs. I mean, that that's huge. Kind of like your golden ticket there for, for cleared work, right? And there's a lot of opportunities. We also have, with our proximity to Denver, Denver also, I would call, Somewhat of a IT mecca, so you know a lot of the STEM fields. Uh, I know I know people that live in Colorado Springs and they commute to Denver and vice versa. So you know being that close to Denver with a with a large metropolitan area, um, it also provides a lot of other opportunities outside of the DoD as well. Yeah, which is super helpful, especially when you're going to relocate for work or anything like that. It helps to know that you just ha- you have a lot of different options. How has FDI grown in Colorado Springs, and what would you say its trajectory is there? Yeah, great question. We had a small contract under L3 Harris, where we had two individuals working that for some years now. Since 2019, FTI won this contract supporting the EGS program, and we've seen significant growth. We've actually seen it grow. The contract itself is at 120 and so we have subcontractors filling in the rest of those billets supporting the program. And so we've seen, like I said, some significant growth as the contract kicked off and growing to meet the needs of the EGS program. One of the things with the EGS program, it's expected to be delivered in the 2028 timeline. We're really just, you know, in the early phases of development. And we expect to see some significant additions to our current growth and then stabilize over the next few years. Really, it's exciting to be in the onset of Space Force, you know, at, at its beginning. And so I think, yeah, 2028 is definitely not right around the corner. So that does give a lot of longevity in that area and for the contract. So let's talk about maybe one key cleared role that you keep looking for, but maybe have a hard time finding like what should candidates be looking to build so they can fill that key position? You know, obviously there's a big need in any of the STEM fields. We're doing a lot of software development, but we run the gamut of, you know, functional areas that support the program from test engineering to cybersecurity to network engineering. We also have system architects, logistics, and project schedulers program managers. So we pretty much run the gamut of what you'd expect to see with any large program. However, the one functional area that I have a hard time filling are DevSecOps engineers. 
And so DevSecOps engineers, you know, a lot of them have backgrounds in software engineering, but they don't have the, the tool sets that are needed for DevSecOps engineering. What I found is I can find engineers that have Amazon Web Services experience in DevOps or with Microsoft Azure experience all day long, but I can't find people who are cleared with that experience. And so the program I'm running they will be exposed to some of the, the classified environments. So I need somebody with at least a, a secret clearance to come in the door and, and we can put them to work right away. And so that's one of the areas that I just have a hard time finding. In fact, it's gotten to the point now that where I'm reaching out of the local area and looking for folks with DevSecOps experience around the country, East Coast, West Coast, wherever I can find them. And we found, especially during COVID, where we went pretty much exclusively working from home over the last year, and we're starting to ease that up a little bit. We found that people can support pretty much remotely. And then if needed, they could travel out here if they had to go into a secure facility to do work. They could travel out here to do that job. But but by and large, in the local area, I'm just having trouble finding DevSecOps engineers. Right. Does it help to have, are there certifications that might help with that? Or um, is it just hard, is it specifically getting the clearance plus the uh, qualifications for that? You know, I would say within the DOD, this is, this is fairly new. And so while Amazon has been doing a lot of this agile development for years or Microsoft, this is something that's fairly new to the government and the way that they're doing business. And so it's just really a byproduct of just not enough people being exposed on the DOD and getting a clearance or being submitted for a clearance. And so that's what we're finding. Gotcha. Yeah. It's hard, too, because it takes some time to build up that experience. One of those things that you can't really just learn, get the book knowledge. You have to get out there and do it, too, plus get the clearance. So a couple a couple more hoops to jump through. And that's absolutely correct. And one of the things when we talk about DevOps is it's a different skill set. It's really about automation. And, and there's a lot of commercially available tools uh, that the DevOps team uses, that our guys use. And so that's part of building up that experience. So it's, you know, we're, are we using Ansible, Confluence, Terraform, GitLab, some of those commercially available tools that are out there that we're using within our automation pipeline. And, and one of the things when it comes to DevOps that they're focused on is what we call CI-CD pipeline. That stands for continuous integration and continuous deployment or delivery. Having that experience of, you know, utilizing these pipelines in a scaled agile framework is something that's, I would call, fairly new to the DOD. I mean, it's been around for a few years, but, you know, as we grow and programs grow and start utilizing the Scaled Agile framework to do their integration, we're finding that the skill sets or just the number of people with that skill set are fewer and fewer. So that's been one of the biggest challenges is just, just finding people with those types of skill sets. No, that makes sense. And it's hard, too, if you're on a contract where you have to hit the ground running. It's not a you can't always wait for somebody to get cleared because sometimes that can take you just never know how long that, that can take. It's a good thing to keep in mind. So how about for candidates who want to support the Space Force? It gets a lot of interest, I think especially for everybody who thought it'd be kind of cool to work in space, but I could never really do that. So this almost lends an opportunity to feel like you're supporting that. What other jobs might be in hot demand for supporting Space Force? You hit it just right. One of the things that I found is you don't have to be a space professional. 
to work in space, right? And so we talked about earlier, I talked about uh, we have cybersecurity engineers or network engineers. Some of those skill sets are in high demand, but I don't need you to be a space professional. You don't have to have in-depth knowledge on how orbital systems work or how satellites work. You need to understand how cybersecurity works, understand risk management framework, or if you're a network engineer, I want you to understand how to run fiber, set up server farms, things like that. So not all jobs are, you know, space centric. For the jobs that are more space centric, you know, jobs, anything in the STEM field, some of the like engineering jobs, aerospace engineering, um, electrical engineering, a lot of those types of jobs will give you firsthand knowledge within some of the, the space confines of flying satellites, working on satellites, understanding ground systems, understanding how the math works, how the formulas support the geometry of communicating with the satellites. Some of that you'll find are, you know, this is rocket science type of uh, environment, but by and large, you know, having having other skill sets and not being a space professional, there's still a lot of work that can be done here for those that aren't, you know, just space professionals by trade. No, that's great. I love that there are a lot of different roads that can lead into supporting the space endeavors that fulfill some of those childhood dreams that maybe a lot of us had. So that's really encouraging that there's just ways that you can use all your different skill sets in order to support the work. Well, thank you so much for joining us today at ClearCast. For more security clearance news and defense information, please visit us at news.clearancejobs.com.